Hey there, everyone. My name is Ari, and welcome to Made of Metal, a motivational podcast where we tell stories about regular people overcoming insurmountable odds. So, welcome, welcome, everybody, to another chapter in the Made of Metal Chronicles. So glad you can join me for another week of shenanigans with yours truly. So, this week, although we are out of June, We're going to complete a full cycle for the Pride Month series. And since I was out for two weeks with my move, which is, I just got my stuff, you guys. So (laughs) it was a journey. But that means we have one more week of Pride stories. Yay. I love these stories. They're so awesome. And I mean, who doesn't want to extend Pride Month celebrations? I'm not complaining. And too often, these stories are overlooked, underappreciated, and I want to make a point to avoid doing that. And I mean, I feel like when we overlook these stories, we minimize the struggle and the impact. And I know the subject matter is uncomfortable for some people, but undoubtedly these stories should be told, must be told, and will be told right here, right now on this podcast. And with that, (laughs) let's get right into the individual we'll be covering this week because This was honestly such a good story. Definitely one of my best ones because of the, I mean, the sheer impact of this guy. Like the individual we'll be covering this week left a legacy of discovery, exploration, and the pursuit of knowledge for the greater good. Their findings contributed to ushering humanity, not just a nation, but humanity into a new level of science and understanding. This individual's work helped to turn the tides of a war and offered clarity that could not have been gained under any circumstances without this person's personal input and interpretations. All in all, this individual was able to cement their place in history for more than one scientific breakthrough and invention. And these are inventions in which we are still using on a daily basis basis, by the way. So super, super relevant. And I always have to share my personal experience with learning about who we're discussing today. And I can honestly say I knew about this individual. I knew a bit about their contributions and their work. And I mostly knew about it because they have a very famous test associated with this name. But I can honestly say like doing the research was absolutely mind-blowing. I mean, this person was truly a visionary and with such a rich inner life as well. Um, During a time where having such a life put you in actual peril. Super interesting to see how this person truly changed the course of history with their work. And I loved how their research was still so prevalent in our lives and essentially in the subject matter that they were researching today. And like... Who doesn't love and and appreciate a pioneer, like doing your own thing? I am always for it. So without further ado, let's get right into it. This week, we'll be covering the cruncher, the change maker, the code breaker, Alan Turing. Alan Turing was born June 23rd, 1912 in London, England. Alan was the youngest child with one older brother, 
born to his parents, Julius and Ethel. Alan's father, Julius, worked for the Indian Civil Service, while his mother, Ethel, helped to raise the children. Alan and his family would travel often due to his father's work, spending a significant amount of time in India. Because of his father's civil service, Alan and his brother were able to receive access to a great education. In Alan's early primary school career, he was already showing promise as an exceptional student with an affinity for math and science. But shockingly, and I found this context really important to mention, it was just very, very interesting. But during that time period, math and science weren't considered subjects pursued by those of higher intelligence. The classic subject matters were more highly regarded. And it was quite the contrary. As a matter of fact, Alan's teacher sent home a note basically saying they were concerned because Alan was excelling in math and science. And I had to read it, of course. This is a direct quote from the teacher actually saying, and I quote, I hope he will not fall between two stools. If he is to stay at public school, he must aim at becoming educated. If he is to be solely a scientific specialist, he is wasting his time at a public school. Wow, what a world, truly. (laughs) Truly interesting how humanity, sort of the norms and the acceptable forms of even a pursuit of knowledge have evolved and changed so much over time. So in spite of this, Allen continued to show promise pursuing higher levels of math and science. When Allen was 16, he was first introduced to the work of Einstein, which would have been around 1928. So Allen was clearly displaying genius levels of understanding at a very early age. It was around this time that Allen would have also had his first crush on a boy who was one of his classmates. Now, keep in mind, homosexuality was still super misunderstood and carried a huge stigma. So Alan and his partner weren't open with their feelings. This partner was considered Alan's first love, but tragically, he would pass away before Alan left school. Alan would credit a lot of his work ethic to this relationship, as he said he felt even more motivated to succeed as his partner would want him to. Which is just, I mean, beyond adorable. So wonderful to love someone in that way. I think that is just so, so cute. So sad that he passed away, but looking like, you know, the wind between your wings type of deal. So always with you. Once Alan graduated from high school, he would attend King's College, a prestigious school in Cambridge. Alan would graduate from King's College in 1934 with a first-class honor recognition in math. That very next year, King's College elected him as a fellow, which is only awarded to students of exceptional achievement. And the year after that, which was around 1936, 
Allen would publish his first groundbreaking scientific paper on a machine called the Turing machine, which could calculate and compute the solution to any equation. The Turing machine was considered the earliest version of an actual computer ever created. Allen would also be awarded his PhD from Princeton University after studying math and cryptology under a few accomplished professors. Now, if you're like me, you had no idea what cryptology was. You know what cryptozoology is, <laughs> which is just so sad. Why do I know what that is, but I don't know what cryptology is? <laughs> so I had to look it up. And for those who aren't aware, I looked up for you too. So it's essentially the mathematical study of analysis of data or codes. So when Alan traveled back to the UK, he again began visiting Cambridge to attend lectures given by professors on advanced mathematical theories. He also took a part-time job working for a very interesting organization called the Government in Cipher School. The mission of the Government in Cipher School was to teach the art of code-breaking or crypto-analysis. World War II began in 1939, and Allen was transferred to the main hub of the Government in Cipher School to focus on wartime activities. Allen was specifically brought to the station to help decrypt a cipher machine used by the opposition, who were the Nazis. A machine had previously been developed to decrypt the cipher machine, but once the Nazis learned of it being cracked, they developed a new cipher machine. So they essentially developed a new system of codes, which made the old one basically completely defunct. Allen and a team worked diligently to create a new method to crack the code for the new German cipher machine one that couldn't be modified. From what I understand, just to explain a little more, the method that they used to crack the code for the cipher machine, even the machine itself, the cipher machine could be modified, but the method itself did not need to be. So essentially, no matter what modifications that the Germans made to the machine, the method that Allen and his team had developed would be able to crack it, no matter what changes they made. And this new method was directly responsible for bringing in a wealth of information, which helped direct a winning war strategy, resulting in numerous successful campaigns against the Nazis. Allen didn't just help develop this invaluable method of code breaking during the war. He also made several other deductions that helped to further refine data analytics and supply critical information. Because of his contributions during the war, Allen was awarded the title of Officer of the Order of the British Empire, a recognition only reserved for the truly distinguished. Something that I thought was cute and hilarious was that although Allen was a brilliant genius, he wasn't without his own quirks. One of Allen's colleagues reportedly said that Allen would chain his coffee mug to the radiator pipes to avoid it being stolen. And frankly, I mean, who wouldn't, you know, if it was allowed? Definitely. 
I mean, I'm not saying bring a chain to work and chain your coffee mug to your radiator pipes. But in this hybrid working environment, I mean, who's going to stop you? Really? Who's going to do it? Alan also would run in like marathon run. So he would walk to his meetings that were sometimes more than 30 miles away. I mean, crazy. (laughs) But in fact, Alan wasn't just a casual marathon runner. He was actually athletic enough that he tried out for the British Olympic team in 1948. But he wasn't able to make it due to an injury. Another interesting fact about Alan's wartime work is that it wasn't recognized for decades due to an official code of silence called the Official Secrets Act. So Alan and all of his colleagues were essentially sworn to secrecy by the government. And Alan wouldn't be recognized on a larger scale for his work until many, many years later. After the war, Alan ended up working for a lab called the National Physical Laboratory in the UK. And this is around 1945. It was during his work at the lab that Alan would develop and publish his first official design of a computer program called the Automatic Computing Engine. This model would literally be the basis for every subsequent computer program and application. So literally things that we're using today, applications that we're using today, were likely based on work that Allen researched in 1945. Just incredible. A few years after starting work with the lab, Allen would take up a position in the mathematics department at Victoria University, where he would later be promoted to deputy director of the Computing Machine Laboratory. It was in 1950 that Allen would first mention the development of artificial intelligence, as well as the famous Turing test, which essentially assessed a machine's ability to exhibit independent thinking in computing. Which, by the way, as artificial intelligence has continued to come to the forefront of the scientific community, so too does Allen's work with artificial intelligence continue to remain relevant. More than 50 years later, Allen continued to study and work within advanced mathematical concepts, paving the way for so many of the foundational designs of computing that we still use today. Tragically, all throughout this time, while Allen was making these miraculous innovations, He was having to hide his personal life from everyone he knew. No one knew that he was a homosexual, except his very, very close friends. And as a matter of fact, he had a friend down in Florida who propositioned him, his friend who was also a lesbian, who essentially said that they could get married and protect each other and, you know, be able to pursue who they want. But Alan declined. And there was another instance in which a woman pursued Alan romantically, in which he was transparent with her and let her know that he was a homosexual. 
in which the woman said that was okay and she was still willing to marry him. But Alan declined that as well. So all throughout this time, he's had very, very few romantic relationships other than that big relationship early on. So for fear of his career, his home life, but unfortunately that would all come to a head around the early 1950s. Alan became involved in a relationship with a young man that was eventually found out by the authorities. Now, during this time, homosexuality wasn't just a stigma. It was actually illegal in the UK. And the resulting fallout was that Alan was arrested. Alan lost his job and his career. He was barred from the laboratory. He lost his security clearance. In sentencing, Alan had only one option to escape long-term imprisonment for his crimes. And I wanted to give a trigger warning for the following, just FYI. Alan had to be subjected to a forced chemical castration administered by the government. Absolutely horrifying. And after such a traumatic set of events, Alan's life took a dramatic and sudden turn. He tried to travel to the United States, but was barred due to his conviction. So he subsequently settled in his home in the UK. Sadly, just a short time later, Alan Turing would pass away on June 8th, 1954, in his home from cyanide poisoning. At the time of his death, Alan was found in his home with an apple next to him. An investigation revealed that cyanide was present in his system, though it was never made clear exactly how Alan had ingested the cyanide. Though his death was ruled a suicide, new evidence emerged years later that suggested it was a simple accident, as Alan had cyanide within his home to use for scientific experiments. With so much controversy surrounding his death, it never overshadowed the enormous contributions that Alan had made during his lifetime. Alan's work and life have been commemorated in the UK with many plaques, statues, and awards. Without a doubt, this was one of the most moving and tragic stories that I researched. It's so difficult to quantify the sheer impact of the work Alan did, especially understanding the scale that computers are embedded within our society today, absolutely embedded into every aspect of your daily life. And to think that the mind of a man was able to conceptualize the computing ability of a machine so early on with little to no practical application. I mean, it's just beyond incredible to me. And I am not a math or science gal by any means, okay? My avenue is English and literature and history, and I stay in it. I mean, even I can understand that Alan's work literally changed the course of humanity. And even with Alan making all these advancements in the name of humanity, of preserving human life, his own right to live and love were being horribly infringed and traumatically oppressed. I mean, it was estimated that Alan's work during World War II helped contribute to saving more than 10 million lives. Think of the ripple effect of saving all those lives. I'm sure we can attribute the survival of hundreds of millions of generations of people because of Alan's work. 
we can take many, many things from Alan's life, but I wanted to leave you all with another wonderful quote from the genius himself. Short, sweet, to the point, and oh so poignant. And I quote, Sometimes it's the very people who no one imagines anything of who do the things no one can imagine. You can check us out on our website at madeofmentalpodcast.com and you can follow us on Instagram, YouTube, or Facebook. And that's Made of Metal. M-E-T-T-L-E. Stay tuned, you guys. Really great things coming down the pike. Not going to say too much, but very close. (laughs) Join the newsletter. Join the newsletter. Join the newsletter. Thank you. (laughs) And as always, thank you so much for listening. I love each and every one of you. And please do not forget to bloom where you are planted. (laughs) 